Greetings. This is Justin Allen with the Elite Nurse Practitioner. Welcome to the Elite Nurse Practitioner Show, a podcast dedicated to nurse practitioner entrepreneurism and achieving financial freedom, where I talk directly with nurse practitioners who need help. Listen up. Our market is saturated. Jobs can be scarce. We are underpaid. We are undervalued. We are taken advantage of by the sharks within the healthcare system. And frankly, screw that. Sick of it. And it's time for a change. And listen, I'm here to help make that happen. We are powerful. We can forge a path where we are in control of our career and ultimately our financial and personal well-being. You do not need to submit to healthcare administrators and your doctor overlords. You do not have to take the measly salary. You do not have to work 50 to 60 hours a week. There is a different way, and I'm here to show you that path. This podcast is raw and unfiltered. I have not talked to nurse practitioners in this podcast prior to the call outside of an email exchange to schedule the episode. What you're about to listen to is a consultation session between a nurse practitioner and myself. It is real, it is unscripted, it is unplanned, and I have no idea what we're going to talk about. Anything and everything can happen during our conversation. The nurse practitioners in these episodes are struggling with an issue in their professional or financial life, and they have reached out to me for help. My goal is to help a nurse practitioner with actionable advice that will enhance and improve their professional, business, and financial life. My other goal is to hopefully help my nurse practitioner sisters and brothers build a more productive, powerful, and free life. So I hope the content and information within these podcast episodes does just that. All right, on to the episode. Hello, everyone. Today, we'll be talking to Cambria, who is a family nurse practitioner. She is currently employed at a med spa doing aesthetics. She is wanting to start a telemedicine-based practice focused on men's health and weight loss. She's needing assistance with the startup process, some technicalities surrounding a business startup, and wrapping her mind around the idea of how to structure a partnership and also bringing other nurse practitioners into the business. Hey, Cambria, how are you? Good. Thank you so much for having me on here. I really appreciate your knowledge and taking the time to have me. Yeah, for sure. Absolutely. It's a pleasure to help. So let's get started. So tell us a little bit about yourself. How long have you been a nurse practitioner? for and what kind of things you've been doing? Yeah. So I'm I'm actually kind of a baby nurse practitioner. <laughs> I've only been a nurse practitioner for a year. Okay. Um, I graduated as an RN in 2017, went straight into the operating room, started working in aesthetics in 2020, went back in 2019 to get my nurse practitioner and graduated in May of 2022. Um, so I've been practicing solely as an aesthetic nurse practitioner since... 2000 since I started as a nurse practitioner. Um, so that's the only experience background I have as far as being a nurse practitioner. I obviously did my rotations in urgent care and all that. Sure. It just was not for me. Yeah. <laughs> the 80 patient a day situation was gross. Not to mention oh. I was pregnant during the time. So the smells were not it. Yeah. Um, uh, no, don't even, yeah. Don't even get me started yeah. on this 80 patient no. a day nonsense. Uh, yeah. Yeah. No. Yeah. So I've been practicing as an aesthetic nurse practitioner for the year that I have been an NP. Okay. 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 Side note, the most patients I've ever seen in one day by myself at an urgent care, I believe is 118. I believe it. Urgent yeah. care is horrible. Yeah. They in 12, yeah. In 12 hours, I saw almost 120 yep. patients. You think I provided good care that day? No. <laughs> yeah, right. You know, Antibiotics for everybody. <laughs> I hate to say that, but you, know, yep. yeah, you don't really, you have five minutes per patient. I mean, that's yeah. literally, it's always, it's the same shit, sore throats, and yep. cough, it's the same yeah. crap over and over and yep. over again, you know? Yeah. But um, anyways, though, um, yeah. Yeah. My clinical instructors were like, there's no way you're seeing this many. I'm like, yes, there is. And it's horrible. I'm never doing this. You know? 
Uh, yeah, yeah, I've seen it before. There yeah. was one time, and I, I know we're kind of going off topic here, but I remember there was mm-hmm. one time I was like, shut the door. We're done. It was like yeah. six o'clock. It was like six yeah. o'clock. And I think it was like, it was like, it was like five o'clock in the afternoon. We close at eight and we were at, oh, we're, no. we're at like 80 or 90 or something ridiculous. I'm like, yeah. we'll close those doors. They're like, the man yeah. was like, we don't close till uh, eight. I'm like, you either close those care. doors or I leave right now. Close the doors. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I believe it. Yeah. It's, it's a tough life. I, I do not envy <laughs> urgent care nurse practitioners. No, no, no. Anyways. Um, yes. Okay. So, uh, okay. So you're wanting to start your own thing. It sounds like, right? Yes. Yes. So okay. um, a little bit, basically I, I'm a new mom um, and there's been so many ways that I've been trying to find something that I wanted to kind of do on the side. Um, I've reached out to you a couple of times. So I've told you my husband owns nutrition stores um, and okay. he owns three here in Southern California. And he's always been like, why don't you get into men's health? Like you would make a killing. Like so many guys come in here all the time wanting testosterone or whatever um, or weight loss therapy. And I was like, no, I'm scared of small business. I, come from a family that owns small businesses. It freaks me out. I'm like, I want to work for somebody. I want to clock in. I want to clock out. Um, and I'm getting tired of it. I'm getting tired of clocking in and clocking out and them taking most of the money that I make, you know? Um, so it's just, it's something that I originally wanted to do as a side. And then I, if it is successful, I'd like to do it kind of more as my main thing. Your husband's right. Men's health is great service to pick. It's uh, yeah. it's, the the margins are fantastic. It's yeah. highly it's highly profitable. It's very passive in nature. It is one of the most profitable niche practices that you can choose. No question about it. Same with weight loss. Women's HRT is similar as well. The key here is to pick a service that requires the least amount of time from you. Aesthetics, Correct. unfortunately, is not that. Yeah. Yeah. Or well, and it requires or, you to be in person. Yeah. That, well, that too. Yeah. Um, yeah. IV infusions, the same thing. Like you have to be there. You have to mm-hmm. actually do the work, you know? Yeah. So yep. yeah, absolutely. Um, okay, cool. So you want to do this telemedicine, right? Yeah. So I've listened to a lot of your different podcasts that are telemedicine, somebody who started one in person. I want to do it telemedicine because I am a mom and I only have one baby right now, but you know, we plan on having more. So something that is telemedicine would be what I would want to do. Cause then I can do it on hours that I can do it. Um, so that's kind of the concept is wanting to keep it telemedicine, but I understand there are limitations with telemedicine, particularly with, you know, testosterone being a controlled substance and all that. So I think I had asked you because, you know, I was like, I know that you have to meet in person with somebody when you can, when you prescribe them something like testosterone, I was like, can I meet with them at a location like my husband's shop or does it have to be a clinical setting? Right. Um, so I kind of wanted to talk about that for okay. a starter. So first off, we're recording this in the beginning of May of 2023. Right. And so the telemedicine, the restrictions that were lifted during COVID, right? They're back um, in place now, right? <laughs> they're back in place on yep. <laughs> the 11th or 14th or whatever hell what day it is. Exactly. I'm so but, sad. But... Okay. They did temporarily extend it. Okay. Oh, oh okay. Yeah, but yeah, there's, they haven't given us, right, they haven't given us any 
they just haven't given us anything for it. You know what I mean? So yeah. it looks like it's going to be a six month extension while they figure out oh. what to do. Okay. That's what it, that's what it looks like. By the time this podcast comes out, we'll, you know, yeah. we, we would have known. So like, yeah. it's kind of just for anyone listening to this, it's just talk. It's just talk. Right. Like, because I mean, sure. at the point this is released, everyone's going to know what, you know, what happened, but, but for the conversation between you and me right now is, sure. Sure. yeah, it's going to be extended for a while. Okay. So okay. If you, yeah. So if you start this practice now, then you can still take advantage of it for the next six okay. months at least. Oh, right. Okay. Awesome. Right. See, because I was listening to your different podcasts and I was like, when was this podcast recorded? <laughs> yeah, that's the problem with this podcast, right? There's typically about a two to two to four month delay before it's published, right? So, okay. um, so you can still do it for a while, but you know, okay. I have a feeling once the DEA figures out exactly what they're going to do, I don't think they're going to cave in and just allow us to keep doing what we were doing in COVID. I, like, I, yeah. Yeah. There's going to be some restriction to it. There's going to be sure. some, they're going to make it a pain in the ass to a point, right? I know. So, yeah. They typically do. <laughs> exactly. Right. And so yeah. you're still going to have to figure out what you need to do. Like, will you have to see a patient in person, you know, at some point after 180 days or six months or... You know, I just have a feeling there's going to be some sort of restriction with it. So to answer your question, yes, you can see them in your husband's nutritional shop. You, I mean, you could okay. you could just set up a little office or whatever and do it there. But I mean, why not just open it up in that nutrition shop? Like just have yeah, it there. That's true. Like what are the regulations with that? Like what would that look like? Is it have no. to be something that's medical where it's like, no. it has a sink and it has a no. fridge, you know, like, no. <laughs> like no. aesthetic stuff? Really? No. You're not administering meds or anything there. Don't even worry about it. It's just a consultation office. Okay. Okay. That's okay. Really awesome. that's like, yeah. Yeah. You don't have to give patients the testosterone injections. You know what right. I mean? You teach yeah. them how to do it themselves. And most states, most municipalities don't really have any kind of regulations surrounding what a medical practice is. I mean, there's just most places don't have any kind of regulations whatsoever. Okay. okay. So don't worry too much about that. Okay. Right? You could definitely do this out of a, you know, out of one of your husband's uh, nutrition stores. I mean, why not? I mean, you know, maybe you build a nice little room, make it kind of a nice little yeah. or whatever, do yeah. it. It would work great. Perfect. Okay. Awesome. So then what I was going to base off of that. So he is having a, another location open up. So he's going to do like a launch party June 3rd. So I wanted to be like fully open and functional by then because it's going to be like a big thing. And I wanted to have like a booth and I was like, Oh, well, if I'm seeing people at that event, does that count as seeing them in person? But I guess it doesn't really matter. It would. It would totally at count. At this point. Yeah, right? Okay, that's what I was thinking. Going and having coffee with them counts. Like, right, okay. There's, like there's no thinking. there's no specifics outlined with it. <laughs> like, yeah. yeah, yeah. That's kind of silly when you think about it, like how, how they're like, well, you must meet in person, but it can be at a coffee shop, you know? <laughs> <laughs> it's like right. kind of funny. <laughs> yeah. Okay, so then can I ask you, because this was something that was a major hurdle right off the bat. What state are you based in? Because I'm just curious. I'm not going to say that over the podcast. Oh, okay. 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 So, well, we talked about the fact that I'm in California and I told you, I was like, hey, they passed full practice authority in January of 2023, right? But it's not really as beautiful as you would think. So it's not really in full effect. It's like you can, it's kind of muddy. So it's like you can own a telemedicine practice but you kind of need a collaborating physician. You need to work with a physician with for like five years. Um, it's pretty muddy. It's not as exciting as I thought it was. So when they passed that, my girlfriend and I who were in NP school at the time, we were like, that's going to be amazing. It's not as black and white as, as I thought it was going to be. 
So right. I've so it's really food. it's really not as good as no. Yeah, that's kind of like what yeah. happened in Florida. Okay. Yeah. <laughs> you know, yeah. It's not as good as you would think, right? Yeah. Right, because we were under the impression that it was like go green, like yeah, we're we're free, like we can do whatever we want, and it's not quite there yet. I don't. It's just like it's going to be a few years. So that being said, um, my uncle is a doctor, and he's actually the one who encouraged me to look into something like this because he wants me to be home with my kids as much as possible. So he would be my collaborating physician. Um, I was looking into, and I know I, I know you're like, don't do that. Like that complicates things. And I don't want that either. But I am unfortunately in California, you know. So as far as like a role with the collaborating physician, is that something that I just need to understand like within each state's guidelines, like, do they just, do I just need to chat with them and be like, Hey, this is this patient, you know, like what, what exactly? Yeah. Every single, yeah, yeah, every single state's different. Okay. Like okay, some states require like the, the, the doctor has to sign off on 20% of your charts. Other ones are you have to have one to four phone consultations a month with them. Like there's just every single state's different. Okay. And excuse my ignorance, but where do I find out? That would just, yeah, that should just be with the board of uh, nursing. I mean, they they should outline that also the board of medicine, like there'll be like the, yeah, the requirements listed. Okay. Awesome. Thank you. Yeah. Cause I was, I was all excited and going and then I was like, hold up, do I need a collaborating physician that throws a huge rock into my plans? But yeah, all right. It is what it is. It is what it is. Don't let it be a roadblock. I mean, a lot of nurse practitioners allow that to be a complete roadblock to open a practice up and it really shouldn't. It's, it's not that big of a deal. Like I let it be a roadblock to me when I was living uh, in a restricted state. Like I was so scared opening my own practice that I never did because I did not want to have that supervisor, that collaborator. I thought it was going to be just this huge roadblock. Yeah, you know, exactly. Like looking back at it now, I'm like, eh, really, it's not a big deal. Like, (laughs) you know, like I'd have to move halfway across the country. I probably could have stayed there if I wanted to. (laughs) Okay. Yeah, but it is what it is, so. Okay. And then, um, so if for whatever reason I decided I wanted to make this the biggest company in the world, which I, I don't necessarily, but if I did for, I know I've tried to get through all of the, um, courses that I purchased from you, but I only have like nighttime cause I have an eight month old. So I'm almost done with them, but for seeing someone like out of state. So right now it's not necessarily applicable because we have that extension, but when that extension is no longer in effect, Um, so I'm in California, but say I got, you know, a license in Nevada and I wanted to start in Nevada. Could I, and this is like a really specific question, but I know you have to see somebody in person once. So could you hire a nurse practitioner to see an individual in person in Nevada? And then I do the rest. Is that a thing? Absolutely. Why couldn't you? Okay, cool. Yeah. It meets regulation. It's, it's one person. Like if, if someone in the practice sees a patient and then, and then from my understanding is you can just see them afterwards. Like via telemedicine and then I do all the rest of their care. Exactly. Or they do yeah. the referral to you. you yes. Know. Yes. Right. Okay. Right. Okay. Yeah. 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 All right. Right. You know, we've, we've met the regulation now. We're good to go. Like, how does that change anything? I don't know. But in politicians' eyes, it makes all the world a difference, I guess. I don't know. Um, okay. Yeah, yeah. So you can definitely do that, but uh, but just FYI, don't quote me on this, but I'm pretty sure yeah. in Nevada you could prescribe controlled substances via telemedicine before COVID even. Uh, no, okay. Was so I need to look yeah. into that as yeah, well. Yeah, it was it was one of those few states that you could do it. Nevada, Montana, 
Um, there was like a couple other ones. Yeah. Like you could have done it anyways. But then the question is, okay, does state law overwrite federal or does the federal overwrite the state? It's like, I don't know. Like, yeah. why would a state have that regulation specifically for telemedicine? You know, I mean, I sure. personally would follow state law. Absolutely. Yeah. 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 I don't yeah. want to, I want to do everything by the book. I don't want to, you know, I don't, I don't want to do things shady. I want to do it right. Right. So, okay, perfect. So I'll look that up. Another thing I know that you've said, like, do it on your own, because, you know, it's really not that much to start up a company like this. One of my really, really good friends, he does like website design and, and promoting and all of that. And so he was he's doing that for me. I was just paying him to do that because I know it's really important to have really good marketing. And I don't know anything about that. So I was paying him to do that. And he was like, hey, do you want this to be massive? Like, do you want 100 or do you want 5,000 clients? And I'm like, oh my gosh, that's scary. Like, also, thank you for having so much confidence in me. Like, but, but you know, I was like, well, um, I was like, I just wanted to start small. And he's like, well, what if you hired other nurse practitioners out of state? To be totally honest with you, I don't like that idea. But what are your thoughts about that? Like if you wanted to become like a bigger, and this is way down the line, if this even ever happened, but what are your thoughts on that? If you became a bigger company and you wanted to go into other states and get more nurse practitioners that can cover more time, because I don't want to be working 24-7, what are your thoughts on that? Oh, yeah. I mean, that's a great way to scale a practice. Okay. Yeah. That's what I did with my uh, telemedicine HRT practice before I sold it. Yeah. I just hired a bunch of nurse practitioners. I mean, I I just hired a bunch and then they saw all the patients and all the states that they were licensed in. I was able to grow that thing really quick. Yeah. And then I sold it. So, yeah. So, I mean, that's definitely a a good strategy to, um, to grow a practice. Yeah. Okay. I mean, it does complicate some things. Like you're going to have to have a more, you know, you're going to have a malpractice policy. Yes. You know, you could have a group malpractice policy that covers everybody, but then it gets really muddy. You're Uh calling the malpractice company. Hey, can you add this state? Because I just hired a nurse practitioner in that state, blah, 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 blah. It can make that complicated from a malpractice standpoint. Yes. Um, It also can make it complicated from a legal entity standpoint. You know, if you're in dozen states or 20 states, are you supposed to have an LLC in each one of those states? Oh, yeah. uh, the answer is yes. And then the answer can be no. It just complicates things. Okay. So sure. yeah. So just keep that in mind as you grow and scale. But I mean, overall though, it's really not that big of a deal. There's just some, okay. just a lot of busy work associated with it and a few headaches, but if it was easy, everyone would be doing it. Right. So Absolutely. Yeah. yeah. So yeah, yeah, no, it's a good idea. Uh, you know, the whole, uh, you know, this marketer telling you, do you want hundred patients or 5,000 patients? <laughs> You know, marketers like to do that kind of shit. Yeah. <laughs> like I was you know, like, oh my God, my nose started bleeding. I was like, I, I just wanted to yeah. do this passive income. Like, you know. Yeah. Like, you know, they like to sell you on stuff, you know, I mean, they like yeah. to, yeah. So don't take it with a grain of salt. Okay. okay. 5,000 patients, like, come on. Yikes. Right. You know much, yeah, like, yeah. Yeah. You know how much money you'd have to spend from a marketing ad spend perspective yeah. like to get that many pay i mean you'd spend a lot of money yeah like, and i was like i had very realistic goals i was like by the end of this year i would like to have close to 100 patients i feel like that's that's real reasonable right oh, yeah. yeah oh yeah okay. for sure yeah that was my goal yeah yeah and like you know i mean i've said this before too i'm sure you've heard it on the other podcast you don't need thousands yeah. of patients you only need 100 no. yeah <laughs> you know exactly. you 100 yeah 100 patients should be about ten thousand dollars you know, yeah, exactly. In, in profit. Yeah. 200 patients should be $20,000 a month in profit, which sure. is over $200,000 a year. So, um, 
So yeah, so just kind of keep that in mind. You don't have to have any kind of crazy numbers to have a proper practice. Perfect. Awesome. And then regarding, because malpractice insurance was one of the things I was going to ask you. So I did do outsourcing and I, I hired other nurse practitioners. And do you recommend that they get their own malpractice insurance so that it doesn't get muddy? Yeah. So this is what I do. Okay. I have my NPs that work for me have a separate malpractice policy that names my entity as an endorsement. Oh, okay. Okay. So you have them add the LLC, your company as an endorsement to, you know, to their malpractice policy. So I will either pay for the NPs malpractice policy. And then when I'm actually creating the, you know, the account for it and making it, I'll just select my entity as an endorsement. If the NP already has their own professional malpractice policy, then I will ask them to um, add my entity as an endorsement. And then I'll have them send me a copy of the certificate of insurance so I can verify that. Okay, perfect. Thank you. Yeah. yeah. Um, okay, and then this is a little going backwards. So this is probably a really elementary question, but when you're meeting, which we don't have to do right now, but when you do meet somebody in person, like what is the difference between when you are meeting someone in person? Because this is a telemedicine company, right? So I was going through the men's health and it was like, do a full physical exam. But I'm like, but you don't do that, right? You don't do that when you're doing a telemedicine company, do you do a full physical exam via telemedicine? Is it more of a history and physical? Like what does the telehealth really look like? And how long is it usually? You're pretty limited, right? Yeah. (laughs) It's mostly just inspection. This is the thing. It's mostly laboratory-based medicine. Yeah. Right. Right. You're looking at everybody's labs and you're adjusting and you're making sure that you're not doing anything crazy or sending them the blood bank or, you know, whatever. Right, right, right. So it's really not that big of a deal. You really don't, you don't need to, you're not, you're not really looking for anything. Okay. There's it's not really much you're looking for. Okay. And so it's mostly laboratory based medicine. So, um, so yeah, you can do it. Same thing with weight loss, really. I mean, you're not really looking for much on a physical exam. You're just really not like what physical exam findings really, truly going to change what you do. All right. So Yeah. So you do just a good comprehensive lab panel. That's going to basically give you a pretty solid snapshot of the physiological health of the patient. So it's fine. But the exam, like what you would document is like, I just document, you know, patient appears well, a unremarkable, whatever. Yeah. How long do your initial telehealth usually, how long are they conducted for typically? Uh, I know between 30 to 60 minutes. Yeah. Okay. Okay. And then, um, I don't remember if it was on a podcast or the um, course that I bought, but you know, I am starting this as like a side thing. So it's, and I'm not going to quit my main job. And so do you find that there's kind of weird issues with doing off hours? Um, Are people still okay with that? Like if it's a 7 PM or if it's like, are people weirded out by that instead of like Monday through Friday, nine to five, you know, do you find that that is an issue um, doing off hours? No, no, not at all. Okay, cool. Yeah. No, most people actually prefer that. Okay. Yeah. Cause then they, most people work during the day anyway. So exactly. Yeah. Like I, I easily half of the patients, half the new patients that we see at my men's health clinic, it's typically done after hours, more like five o'clock in the afternoon, six o'clock in the afternoon. We like, like one of my nurse practitioners actually sees patients all the way up to eight o'clock some days. Wow. Okay. Like, yeah, he has a full-time job that he works at. Yeah. He gets off work at like four 30 or whatever. Like might go grab like a quick dinner at his, you know, at his house or whatever. And then comes by the clinic and he starts working at like five 30, six o'clock. And he'll see patients up to eight o'clock just for just, just for a couple hours. Yeah. Okay, yep. cool. Sweet. So that's good that there's people do not mind that then. Okay. Um, let me see what else do I have for you? 
Thank you again for taking the time to go through all this. I just had so many questions. (laughs) Okay. So this is an extremely specific question. So we were thinking about potentially moving to Texas and Texas is rough for nurse practitioners. I feel like they don't yeah, allow very much. Yeah. yeah like, right. Like it's one of That's the worst states. Like it's one of the worst states to move to. <laughs> like, my my husband is so gun ho about Texas. And I'm like, honey, there's like almost nothing that I can do with my license specifically in Texas. So Yeah. <laughs> yeah, I mean, don't get me wrong. Listen, I like Texas. I do as a state. I I like yeah. Texas, but as a nurse practitioner, I do not like Texas. Right? Yes. Yeah. I told him I was like, we need to look for different states. Like this one is just not well not ideal for a nurse well, practitioner. Why does he want to go to Texas? California, you know, it's a typical spiel. Like California is expensive. It's you're basically just working to live. All the things in Texas, you can get more bang for your buck. Like all of that kind of Texas stuff. Texas is know? getting pretty expensive too. In it's a lot of getting places. up there. Yeah, there's look, there are so many states you guys could go to that <laughs> have a solid low cost of living and you're independent. Like, yeah, there's a lot of hype surrounding Texas. Like, it's a great state to live in, but there's also issues with there's it too restrictions. like exactly yeah um yeah. so yeah i mean there's other states so uh, regarding texas if that was the move because that's another move that you would need a collaborating physician for sure 100 100 so, so if so hypothetically say if i did move to texas I have my uncle still as my collaborating physician in California. If he had a Texas licensure, would he still be able to be my collaborating physician in Texas or does he have to live in Texas? To my understanding, they don't need one in Texas. Like they like they don't need to be physically located there, but don't quote oh. me 100% on that, okay? Sure, sure. That, yeah. That's my understanding, but like there's some okay. states that do require it like Missouri does and yeah, but Texas yeah. is one of those like do they rough yeah I, I don't know if there's a mileage requirement in texas or not you're gonna have to look that up i don't sure. i don't I, it's it's impossible for me to know every single state's regulation you know <laughs> how dare you yeah. i'm just kidding <laughs> yeah because there was initially the, the thought was hey what if we open a med spa which is zero percent my passion but we were like well i have this license and the profit margins are insane and okay sure and we were thinking about moving to Texas and I was like, this is impossible. You absolutely cannot open a med spa as a nurse practitioner in Texas. No. Um, it's extremely oversaturated. It's even more med spas in Texas than in California. Um, so that was the initial thought. And that's kind of how I, you know, dove into the legalities in Texas and realized how hard it is to be a nurse practitioner in Texas. But I will look into the logistics of like if the physician has to live in Texas or if he can be out of state or anything like that. Yeah, yeah, look that up. I, sure. I'm so torn in between that. Anyways, yeah. <sighs> I know. Um, yeah, some states don't require the doc to be there, and then some states do, and then some states require the uh, the doc to be within a certain mile radius of where you practice, fifty miles, thirty miles, whatever. Okay. So yeah, um, you know, this is the thing oh. about finding a good place to practice if you guys are willing to move. You know, go somewhere where it's not saturated, right? Go yeah. to where there you can open up a shop. You know, open up shop and start generating business like almost immediately like that's the place you right. want to go but unfortunately right. those places are going to be smaller mid-sized towns yeah you know yeah that's kind of what we're looking for anyway um because california is just is really 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 fast-paced and exhausting <laughs> mm-hmm. so that's kind of what we're looking for anyway but 
Um, and then to switch gears a little bit and chat a little bit about weight loss, um, you know, semi-glutide is just like taking over the entire world right now. Um, I feel like it's extremely hard to find pharmacies that um, have it. Do you find that to be the case? Because I know you have multiple practices. So have you had issues with your weight loss patients and like getting them semi-glutide or ozempic or wigovi or whatever, anything like that? Uh, you know, every once in a while, there'll be a back order of it or a shortage of it or something. I mean, that's kind of part of it, you know? So that's why you have multiple accounts. Sure. Okay. You know, yeah. That's why you have accounts with, you know, three, four, five, six different compounding pharmacies at my men's health. We have like one, two, three, four, like seven accounts with seven different compounding pharmacies. Like we'll find what we need. <laughs> Okay, cool. Okay, like, yeah, that's like B, multiple accounts, okay? If you do that, you're just increasing your chances of supply issues, you know, being an issue for you. Like, it's just not going to be an issue. Like, you don't have to be loyal to one compounding pharmacy. You go to the compounding pharmacy that has it. If the other one's out, sayonara, I'm going somewhere else and Mm -hmm. vice versa. You just bounce around them. Like, we order stuff all the time from various different compounding pharmacies based off of availability. So, okay. That same thing goes with medical suppliers, you know, sure. uh, for syringes and alcohol wipes, IV bags, et cetera, you know, uh-huh. have accounts with multiple, we have accounts with like three of them, you know, mm-hmm. McKesson, Henry Schein, Merit Pharmaceuticals, those kinds of things. So multiple accounts. Perfect. Okay. It's like the little things that you don't think about until something goes wrong. Yeah. Business, you know? Yeah. No, this is like, listen, these are the things I've learned over the last, yeah. you know, half <laughs> a decade, pretty much, yeah. you know, like, Yeah. <laughs> Awesome. Okay. And then as far as your weight loss goes, what would you say, like, would you say most of your patients are on like semi-glutide? Is there, because I feel like, I don't know if it's just California. I feel like everybody is on semi-glutide. So does that seem to be like the most popular demanded thing as far as weight loss goes? Semaglutide is, yeah. Yeah. Uh, Trisepatide, you know, Munjaro is getting up there too. (laughs) Yeah. Um, It's a little bit more expensive though. But, uh, you know, I mean, I'll be honest with you. I still prescribe Fentermine. Really? Oh yeah. I still prescribe Fentermine. I still prescribe Contrave. Like I still do other things too. I do peptides as well. Like, you know, semaglutide right now is extremely popular for obvious reasons. You definitely need to offer it for sure, but it doesn't have to be your hundred percent. There's some weight loss clinics out there. People are starting and they're only offering semaglutide and that is a horrible idea. Yeah. Yeah. It's too limiting. It is way too limiting. And then what if something happened to, you know, the availability of it? Oh, you yeah. Know, listen, really shut down. You're screwed, right? Yeah. I mean, you mm-hmm. just are like, listen, you know, this, like, this is the thing about medicine in general, healthcare, medicine, nursing, whatever you want to call it. It's very regulated. Like you don't have freedom in healthcare or medicine. You just don't. You never will. It's right. Very, very regulated. You know what I mean? Your yeah. license to perform your job is regulated. The government Absolutely. can take it away if they want, right? right? The drugs that you prescribe, those are regulated. The FDA can take away a drug just like that. So it's very, very regulated. Things are always going to change. And so, you know, if something happened to semaglutide and that's the only thing you're offering, you are, you're screwed. Like, I mean, what do you do? Right. Uh, yeah. yeah. So make sure you uh, diversify a little bit. Okay. Okay. Perfect. Thank you. Is there anything, because those are all of the burning questions that I had for you. Is there anything that you would tell me that you 
learned from anything that as a new business starter open, you know, starting open a new business? Is there anything that you'd be like, don't do this, try to do this? <laughs> Are there any pearls you can give me? Don't, uh, don't sign contracts with people for stuff. Okay. Don't sign contracts for marketing. Don't sign okay. contracts for an EMR. Do not get locked into something that's going to basically require you to pay whatever this thing is for one, two, three years. Okay. Never do it. They say, well, that's all we do. You tell them to screw off. I'll find someone else like okay. that. Just, okay. No, thanks. Bye. Okay. Guess what? There's someone else that won't require it. Okay. Yeah. Do not sign contracts for stuff. The only contract okay. you're signing is your lease. That's it. But sure. if you're going to be doing this out of your, you know, your husband's nutrition shop, that doesn't even matter. Sure. Okay. Right. Yeah. So that's probably, that's a big one. I don't, I couldn't tell you how many people just waste money on stuff that they're locked mm. in, you know, mm -hmm. they're just they're locked in. Like they, let's say they sign a contract for two years for an EMR or something and they hate the EMR three months later, they can't get out of it or they're, yeah. they're still required to pay it or they have to pay this huge cancellation fee to get out of it. Like, yeah. Sure. Yeah. Cause I, as far as an EMR goes, I was going to do the simple practice. Um, one, the one that you recommended. Yeah. It's, it's good. It's right? fine. Some, yeah, some people don't like it because it's more mental health focused. Oh, okay. um, but you can create your own templates and stuff. Like you don't have to yeah. use their templates. Like, okay. Create yeah. your own, you know? And but, then I like it just because it's such a simple EMR. It's so simple. Like you could teach a fifth grader how to use it. I mean, it's just yeah, so awesome. easy. Yeah, I like it, but there is no medication management in it. That's kind of one of the things that suck about it. There's no medication mm -hmm. management. There's no e-prescribing. So right. um, yeah, so you have to have a separate e-prescribe function. But if you're gonna be using compounding pharmacies, most of the time it doesn't matter. Yeah, right. Yeah. Okay. And then another thing too that I guess I wish I would have been a little bit more tax savvy at first, like really, truly planning my taxes out, you know, at the beginning, I really didn't really understand, you know, tax mitigation, uh, legal tax yeah. mitigation until really a couple years in. I mean, I was still kind of doing it, but I wish I had known a lot more of that stuff from the start. I probably could save myself a lot of money. Okay. Yeah. 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 Those are the things that I absolutely don't know. So that's good. <laughs> yeah. Yeah. And then uh, really focusing it on the marketing. Yes. Well. Okay. Like you really got to market. It's, it, it, it's so important. I didn't take it seriously, I guess, for a little while. Okay. Awesome. Well, that's all the questions that I have for you. Thank you for all of the clinical pearls and all of the knowledge. I really, 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 really appreciate your time. You're more than welcome. I think that, uh, you know, if this men's health is a pretty safe bet, especially if you're in an area yeah. that's not saturated. Okay. But if you go somewhere that's super saturated with it, it's it, it's going to be an uphill battle. So kind of just keep that in mind as you as you do the same thing with weight loss as well. But yeah. there should be enough patients to go around if the if uh, if the population could justify it in your area. So. Yeah, yeah, I think hopefully I should be good and as far as that goes. So good, 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 good. Well, I like to um, end the episodes with you asking me a question. Have you ever had like a personal question or anything that you've been curious about uh, in terms of just my life or what I've done? Um, how long have you been a nurse practitioner? Uh, let's see here. It has been, it's been 10 years now. And yeah. then how long have you been practicing on your own, doing all of your own cool stuff? I have been practicing independently since 2017. Yeah. So six years. Wow. That's really awesome. Yeah. Yeah. The first four years of my career, I was in very restricted States. The last, yeah. um, the last, yeah, about last six years now, I've been in an independent state, and okay. um, there Makes is no it. there is no way in hell I would ever go back to restricted state. There's no way, <laughs> you, like you could not pay me. <laughs> yep, yep, <laughs> I feel it. <laughs> yeah, I haven't talked to a doctor for a consultation in years. Like I'm not joking, you five or six years. Oh man, that's that's great. Maybe one day, maybe one day for me. <laughs> yeah, you'll get there. 
It just takes yeah. a little time. I mean, you're right. Yeah. I mean, you're, you're just in the infancy stage of your career here, you know? Yeah, totally. I'm hardly a baby nurse practitioner, so right. I'm yeah. glad that I found you. <laughs> yeah, you're, you're you're a baby nurse practitioner. You're just learning how to walk, you know? I exactly. Mean, yeah, like there, you have, there's so much room for you to grow here. So like, don't yeah. look at me and be like, I can't wait for that. Like, just, just <laughs> work at it and you'll get there. You know what I mean? Sure. Yeah, yeah. absolutely. Yeah. So, awesome. Cool. Well, thank you so much. All right. You're welcome. If you ever want to do a follow-up, just let me know, okay? Okay, sounds good. Awesome. Thank you. Take care. Have a good day. Bye. Okay, bye-bye. All right. I hope everyone enjoyed the episode with Cambria. Really good episode. She's a baby nurse practitioner. She's just getting started, right? Like she's new into her career and she's came to the light very, very early on, right? Like she wants to own her own practice. And so that makes me very, very happy to hear. Uh, I wish more nurse practitioners would break free, you know, earlier. I wish they would see the light, you know, getting started. So good for her. I think uh, men's health is a solid niche. Weight losses as well. Those are some of the most profitable services. Men's health, weight loss, women's HRT. Always be focused on things that do not require your time. And it's a big thing that you need to remember here is that not only are profits determined by the amount of money that you're making, but it's also determined by the amount of time you have to invest in it. Let's just say for theoretical purposes that you do an IV, you make $100. It takes 60 minutes of your time, okay? A men's health patient paying you monthly, but you don't see him for every three to six months. You're still making $100 a month, but you only have to see him every six months for the follow-up, which takes 15 minutes. So from the time investment, you're making more money, okay? So always be factoring in your time and the amount of money that you're going to make to truly determine the profitability of a business or a service. All right. Hope everyone enjoyed this episode. Talk to you guys later. Thanks. Bye. Thank you for listening to the show. Quick legal disclaimer, the content of this podcast is meant for informational and entertainment purposes only and should not be used as legal, financial, medical, regulatory, or practice-specific advice. For information pertaining to your specific legal, financial, medical, or practice-specific needs, please be sure to consult with your lawyer, CPA, medical director, and or your state's practice laws and the most up-to-date clinical guidelines. As always, do your due diligence when it comes to any information found online and in podcasts. The content of this podcast is copyrighted by Galaxy Medical Southwest 2023 and cannot be duplicated, rebroadcasted, or reproduced with out our written permission.